Um, so, yeah, as, as Pratish has mentioned and TK mentioned earlier, this is today the last in our series on um, Culture Clash. Um, yeah, it's been a really great series. So if you've been on holiday the whole of August and you've, you've missed um, several of the preachers, which I'm sure a few of you probably have, I would really encourage you to, to listen back um, on Spotify or um, Apple Music. I think other streaming services are available. I don't know them all. Um, but yeah, have a, have a listen back um, because I've been really personally encouraged by a lot of of what has been shared. I'm not going to go through all of the, the list because there's, there's been so many, but um, yeah, please do listen back. Um, but today I'm going to be speaking on the topic of um, being humble and meek. Um, so the world actually preaches a mantra to us of self-belief and self-love and self-promotion. And with so many people at the moment struggling with low self-esteem um, and feelings of inadequacy, the world's answer actually is to just love ourselves more. But what if we actually defied Western culture to become more like Jesus? Can Jesus' example of humility really be the answer for people who are struggling with low self-worth and feelings of inadequacy? So... If we look at a few of the kind of cultural norms that we might come across in kind of 2023 in the UK, you might hear some people say things like, I can do anything I put my mind to. I am good enough. I should love myself. I can be who I want to be. And my goal is to be happy. And actually, these things can seem quite innocent. You might have actually said some of these things yourself, either to kind of like G yourself up a little bit, or um, even in giving advice to other people, we can often um, kind of say to people, oh, you, you just need to kind of love yourself. You're worthy. You're, you're good enough. Um, and, yeah, as I say, it can seem innocent, um, but actually perhaps some of these things don't really line up with the, with the word of God when we dig into it a bit more. And I really think that some of these, these ways of thinking can actually lead to other mindsets, so things that perhaps are more clearly out of line with God's word. So things like, I need to put myself first, or I should cut out, cut toxic people out of my life, or I should end relationships if they no longer make me happy. So what do we do? We, we obviously have to apply a biblical perspective to all these ways of thinking and see whether they line up. So when the world says, I can do anything I put my mind to, what does this mean? I mean, it often means achieving success. Um, and it can mean achieving success at any, going to any length. Um, and what does success look like in the world? You know, going after the career that I really want to go for um, and that means a lot to me. Um, or getting lots of money, getting nice things. Um, getting the family unit that you, that you want to have or having the perfect relationship. Any of those things... Um, we, we might start to believe, oh, I can do that if I put my mind to it. But the Bible says, actually, I can learn contentment whether I have a little or a lot. Everything I do is in God's strength. That's Philippians 4, verse 12 to 13. Or when the world says, I am good enough, the Bible says, actually, no one's good enough on their own merit. We are all only justified through Christ, and that's Galatians 2, verse 16. When we're tempted to say, I should love myself, 
In practice, what does that actually mean? Well, it means sometimes we might end up putting our own needs first, rather over the needs of other, others. Whereas the Bible says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Philippians 2 verse 3. When the world says, I can be who I want to be, it suggests life is all about our own preferences. And the Bible actually says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Colossians 3 verse 2 to 3. When I start to think my goal is to be happy and maybe I should do anything it takes to bring myself fulfilment, in practice, this can lead to pleasure-seeking rather than seeking after God's will or exercising self-control, which we're called to do. But the Bible says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honour God with your bodies. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20. And then some of the, the perhaps clearer areas where, where we might think, oh, I'm not sure that, that lines up with the word of God. Things like cutting toxic people out of my life. I'm, of course, not saying that anyone should endure abuse. If you're in that kind of situation, then absolutely you need to get help and speak to someone that you trust. If you need to, speak to the police. You know, like I'm not saying I'm not condoning abuse. But I think quite often in the world, you might see people referring to people as toxic people when what they actually mean is they don't really get on with them. Um, they're people that kind of rub us up the wrong way. You just think, oh, they're quite negative or maybe they're quite critical of you. Maybe fairly, maybe unfairly. <laughs> um, but or maybe they're just downright mean, you know, like you just kind of think, oh, do I have to spend more time with that person at work? Like they really, they just seem to bring me down all the time. Um, but the Bible says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. I mean, what a high calling. I know I've been, I've been forgiven of some major things and at times I can be mean to people, in all honesty. But I'm, I've been forgiven of that, so who am I to, to kind of hold that against other people? And um, when the world says I should end relationships if they no longer make me happy, you might have come across this um, in... Particularly, I've, I've noticed it in reality TV <laughs> a lot. I'm really, I, sh I should be ashamed to say, <laughs> I love reality TV. <laughs> um, dating shows, anything um, that involves kind of um, testing people's relationships or any of that. Um, the thing that's trotted out time and time again and often as advice, you might have been given this advice as well when you're looking for someone or if you're having trouble in a relationship, um, that if... if that relationship is no longer making you happy, then it's not serving its purpose. Um, and I find that really interesting, actually, because the Bible says that love is not self-seeking and love always perseveres. And that's so majorly in contrast to what we're hearing and what we're bombarded with all the time. Um, and that was 1 Corinthians 13, 5-7. So what does true humility actually look like? Well, I would suggest it's not about self-deprecation. You might hear some of that, particularly with comedians, um, kind of putting themselves down. Got nothing against humour. I'm not saying, like, don't, don't listen to comedians. But um, clearly that's, that's not true humility, just putting yourself down um, all the time. <coughs> Equally, um, apologising. Apologising all the time for everything seems to be 
another side to British culture when on the one side you've got, I should love myself, I'm so great, like I can do anything. And the other side of British culture, I'd be interested to know actually whether, whether this happens in other cultures or whether you've kind of noticed it in British culture, whether it's something that like alarms you a little bit sometimes, the way that, that Brits will sometimes apologise for everything. But I can certainly speak for myself and say that I apologise for everything. Um, to an unhelpful degree. So I'll apologise when someone when I, when I bump into someone. Fair enough. I'll apologise when someone bumps into me. Like this. Sorry. <laughs> um, which is just ridiculous. But then... Bye, puppet. Um, I'll also apologise um, in, say, a work email. Maybe I've got something wrong. Right, and fair enough, I'll own up to it, or do my best to own up to it, and be like, oh, sorry, I got that wrong, I got the wrong end of the stick there. But I'll also apologise in a work email when the other person's got something wrong, and it's quite clearly not my fault, but I'll still be like, oh, I'm so sorry, because it's just, it's, it's more awkward to just kind of like leave it lying. Um, and clearly that's, that's not true humility either. So what... What is true humility? What does it actually look like? Well, I would suggest that we really need to be looking at Jesus, um, obviously. <laughs> but when we look at Jesus, what do we see? Well, we see Jesus, the creator of all things. Jesus, the one who laid the foundations of the world before we even existed, before anything existed. He's the king of kings. He's the lord of lords. Jesus is the one who made man out of dust and breathed life into him. Jesus is the one who um, made plants spring forth from the earth. Jesus is the, he has the hands that flung stars into the furthest reaches of space, places in the universe where we, we will never even see in our lifetime. And yet those same very hands were the ones that were pierced for us. Jesus came and he humbled himself by coming to earth as a baby. I mean, you can't get more vulnerable than that. He, he was completely dependent on his mother for a time. Um, he had to learn how to walk, how to talk, just like any of us. Bizarre when you think about it, that the Lord of all creation had to do that. He felt pain. He felt anger. He felt betrayal at times. He went through so many things, so many difficult situations where people really hurt him. And yet in every single situation that we see him living through, not once did he sin. He was tempted, and yet he didn't sin. And so then he obviously lived this sinless life, and yet he then chose to, to ultimately go to the cross. He chose to become sin for us, to take that burden of sin from us um, so that we could know a relationship with our Father in heaven, our Father in heaven who's so perfect and he, he cannot be near sin. Jesus came and humbled himself in that way and died a terrible death and endured separation from his, his Father God so that we could know that perfect relationship with our Father in heaven. So 
that amazing exchange, our sin for his perfection, it, it obviously shows Jesus' amazing love, but it also shows his perfect humility as well. So if we remember that one of the verses that, that we've already gone through, the Philippians verse, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Like who, apart from Jesus, could, could say that they are more superior than others? Jesus, out of everyone that's ever lived, could say, hey, look, I created everything. I've, I should be exalted above everyone. And yet he came to serve and he came to, to lay down his life for us. He chose to put our needs and even our, our lives above his own life. And that is true servant-hearted love. That is true humility. So how can we be humble like that? I mean, you just look at that example and you think, oh, no. <laughs> I really I don't measure up at all. I mean, there are, there are times when... Well, there are times it's you know, a daily struggle of finding myself getting wrapped up in sins, um, you know, kind of losing my temper, for example, um, with my family or getting aggravated by people at work um, and just kind of not living in the good of all that Jesus has, has bought for me. But then at the same time, I find myself being feeling superior at times as well and when I do feel like I've got everything under control and oh, I've got this I've got this Christian life down I give myself a pat on the back to be honest and I go oh I'm like I'm doing pretty well I'm reading my bible like yeah get me <laughs> but yeah then I just I'm reminded of that example of Christ's humility and I just think oh man I'm so far off the mark how on earth am I going to not only kind of live that perfect life that he lived but also humble myself and actually like put other people's needs first when I, d I just feel like I'm so selfish I don't know how to do it um and I could start to feel really down actually um I'm sure lots of people feel like this from time to time and you just kind of look at your life and you think oh gosh I'm a mess if people really saw what I'm like yeah they would balk <laughs> um and the world's answer to how we feel about ourselves in those moments would be self-improvement. So whether through manifesting some of the things that we've talked about, I don't know if you've come across this lately, it seems to be quite trendy, this, this idea of like that we're spiritual, powerful beings, that we can speak what we want to happen and you kind of meditate on it and then it happens. So I am loved and I'm worthy of love and therefore, you know, I, I'm going to bring that into my life. I'm going to manifest it and I'm going to make it happen. Um, or on the other side of that, um, the world's answer to, to how we feel about ourselves would be striving to be better, just trying really hard. I'm going to try and I'm going to try and I'm going to try again and I'm going to read all the self-help books and I'm going to, for me, it's like watching all the parenting TikToks. <laughs> I'm going to learn how to be better and then I'm going to be better. But either of those um, methods of self-improvement, they're ultimately prideful. It's pride um, to think that we can, we can do that on our own or in our own strength. But also, it doesn't work. Um, <coughs> I don't know if any of you um, are interested in running. I am not, I'm not a runner. But um, does, anyone, does anyone like to run? Does anyone run for fun? 
Yeah, I did not know this about you. <laughs> oh no, you did the 10K. I should have known this about you. So I will, I will use you as an example if that's okay because I, I have no idea about running. Um, how far, Claire, do you reckon you could run in an hour on a good day? Uh, 10K. 10K. That's, that's very impressive. I have to say, I've never run for a solid hour in my life, so that's, that's already like incredible. <laughs> Um, so 10k, that, that's good. Do you reckon you could ever run 60 miles in an hour? No. Does anyone think that they could run 60 miles in an hour? No, absolutely not. That's a ridiculous proposition. How would we get anywhere? How would we get 60 miles away in an hour? How could you do it? Driving in a car. Absolutely. It's, it's ridiculous to think that we could ever run that distance in that time. Um, but that's, that's what it looks like when we're trying to either, A, manifest things. I mean, look, can you imagine if you were like, I need to get 60 miles away and I'm just going to think it and it's going to happen. I'm going to teleport. No, that's ridiculous. Um, but on the other hand, if we think I'm going to make it in my own strength, I need to get there in an hour, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run there. I can do it. it. If I try really hard, if I read all the books... And if I, if I train really hard, I'm going to do it. But of course, again, you're not going to do it. We need a car. And that's, that's exactly what the, what the Christian life is like. That in our own strength, we can't do any of it. But the Holy Spirit is there. He's living within us. And he's there to, to empower us to do all of these things. So God's answer is not self-improvement, it's to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit and fully reliant on him. And that's not to say that we don't need to apply any effort, um, but when we do apply effort, it's not, it's not self-improvement. So when we're talking about the car analogy, it's just choosing to get into the car. And actually, it's really it's, it's great, actually, that um, the Holy Spirit has been highlighting that this morning. The word getting into prayer, getting into worship, when we're finding things tough, all of these things can help us stay, stay in step with the Holy Spirit and tap into all that he has for us because he loves us and he wants us to, um, to draw closer to him. Um, and then as we, as we do that daily, you know, coming back to the Holy Spirit and saying in those moments when it's really tough, saying, Holy Spirit, help me because I don't know how to hold my tongue in this situation, that person's really wound me up and I don't know what to do about it. The Holy Spirit's going to help you. Um, but also, you know, daily in the morning, you know, when you sit, you've got something coming up, you've got meetings coming up or you've got a difficult day and you're kind of handing it over to him continually day after day. The more we do that, the more reliant on him we become and the more actually humble we become because we start to realise, oh, I can't do this in my own strength and actually, Lord, I really need you. I need you in my daily life to be able to do all these things. But also, when we're learning to drive, or even if you've been driving for many years, we get better with practice. And that's the same for, for the Christian life. The more we, we get into the Word and the more time we spend with the Holy Spirit, the, the more in step with the Holy Spirit we will get. So in terms of practical application... Um, I've covered a few of these, these things, obviously, in terms of like my own life, um, sometimes feeling 
superior or um, struggling to have the right attitude towards other people or choosing not to forgive in certain situations or seeing someone, um, say if you see someone who's needing help, whether that's within our community um, or like a homeless person on the street or something, and just kind of thinking, oh, I really could do without this today. I, d I don't have time to help that person move house or I don't have time to, to give that person or like just have a chat with that person on the side of the road and see if they want a sandwich or anything like that. I don't have time today. I've got a lot on. Like, you know, I think we all go through those kind of like tussles in our mind or with God and we just kind of think like, oh, I can't do this today, God. Like, please help me. Um, but I think in every, in all of these situations um, where we're tempted to kind of move towards selfishness or pride, we just need the Holy Spirit. It's, it's really simple. We just need to, to, to spend more time with him and just be with him and allow him to work in our hearts. But equally... I find a lot of these things for me come from perhaps feelings of self-doubt deep down. It's, it's kind of like feeling like you're not good enough. And if I talk to this person um, about, about Jesus, for example, like they, they're going to think I'm really silly, like, or I don't have the right words to say, or if I'm like judging another person or I'm, I'm looking poorly at them, I just kind of think like, yeah, I'm getting or I'm struggling to forgive someone, quite often it's something to do with my own heart and it's kind of how I'm feeling about myself. But that too, clearly we need the Holy Spirit in those moments too to kind of unpack how we're feeling about ourselves and realise that, no, I'm a child of God and I, I have value in his eyes because of all that Jesus has done for me. So just allowing the Holy Spirit to, to work on all these roots of past hurt or or things that we've struggled with in the past and feeling bad about ourselves because God doesn't want us to feel bad about ourselves. He wants us to know that we are loved and we are, we are his children. So in that vein, I did um, feel that God was highlighting a couple of specific um, people to me. So um, I just wanted to run through a few, a few things that hopefully will be helpful to either someone in the room or someone listening back at a later date, I don't know. Um, but there were a couple of people that I thought might be being held back by feelings of um, wanting to have the right image. And so um, one of them, I believe, is a young person um, and he'd been stressing about having a particular item of clothing and it's kind of caused a bit of a rift between you and your mum um, that you've kind of recently had an argument about it and um, I really felt that Jesus was saying in that moment that yeah you're, I, I can't personally promise that, that you'll get that particular item of clothing or whatever um, but I really felt strongly that Jesus wasn't just kind of brushing you off and saying oh get over it like it's, it's, just, it's just clothes like it doesn't matter but actually he really cares about what you're going through um, and he wants to lift that worry off of you and he's encouraging you to partner with him, keep getting in the car, as we say, and choosing to spend time with him and he'll actually enable you to worry less about what other people think and about your image. And similarly, another image one, and this was an adult this time, I think, an adult with an unhealthy spending habit. Um, 
and you see the lifestyle of other people and you want to emulate that. Um, and you've been uh, buying expensive things, but actually you've been keeping that secret from someone in your life or from, from people that are close to you because you know it's got a bit out of hand and you're perhaps a little bit ashamed of that. And again, Jesus is not, he's not standing over you with condemnation. He's saying, actually, I want you to be free of that. And part of that is um, admitting that to someone else. Um, you can speak to someone that you trust and say, look, I've got this problem. Can you hold me accountable? But also the Holy Spirit is going to be there every step of the way with you, dealing with that stuff in your heart that's making you feel envious of others. Um, and then finally, there was someone here, or maybe a few people here, I don't know, if you're finding identity in the things that you do, so this might be your job, your actual work, or it might be a role in the church, I'm not quite sure, um, but feeling like, oh, uh, if, if that was actually taken away from me, I don't know what I'd do or who I'd be, because I really feel like, oh, I've, that's, that's who I am, I do this, and therefore, therefore I am. Um, so if that kind of strikes a chord of you, I just say, please check your motivation for a second. Kind of think, uh, is, it, is this for my own glory? And if it is, I would encourage you that some of you, it may be that, um, that God is asking you to lay that thing down for a season, just to um, kind of go back to, to who you are in him, which is you are a child of God. It's not about what you do. It's not about um, yeah, being the best at what you do or and getting glory that way. But yeah, you are his child, and um, he really wants to reassure you of that. Um, <coughs> so, yeah, I think with that in mind, bearing in mind those, those words, but then anything that I've spoken about, if, if um, the Holy Spirit has triggered anything in you today, um, I think it would be good to actually have a, a bit of time of kind of reflection, um, and because I think we can all learn humility, I know I certainly can. Um, so actually, if it's okay, if, if everyone could stand up. <laughs> and I think if we could all just close our eyes so that you're not kind of distracted by, by what's going on around you. And hold out your hands if you feel that helps. But um, let's just ask the Holy Spirit to come and, and search our hearts and see, is there any area, Lord, where where I've been too proud or is there any area where where I feel actually pretty bad about myself and I need your help um, to know who I really am in you so yeah Holy Spirit I just ask that you would come and you would start highlighting those things to people and Lord that you would help us to, to keep handing those things over to you and that you would do a work in our hearts I pray in Jesus name so I'm just going to allow some time actually for, yeah, for you to do that business with God and um, for him to, to highlight those things and to do some work on our hearts.
And then, um, I think if we have time for one last song, that would be great. But continue, do continue to reflect on that and keep asking the Holy Spirit to do, do what he's doing um, because it's, it's often a process, isn't it? So um, let's just keep allowing him in and keep allowing him to, um, to do that work in us. And we thank you, Lord, that it's, that it's all you and that as we choose to partner with you, Jesus, that, um, that you can do anything in our lives and you can make transformations possible that we never thought were possible.